Hi, this is Sergeant Betsy Brantner-Smith with the National Police Association, and this is the NPA Report. I'm going to fangirl here a little bit because I have someone I want you to meet that I have admired and followed for many years because first and foremost, she's a cop's mom. And uh, and she's also uh, an activist. She cares about her community. Uh, she cares about the state of Arizona where I now live. And she is the founder of Angel Moms and Angel Families. Mary Ann Mendoza, welcome to the show. Thank you, Betsy. I appreciate it. So uh, you did not uh, start out to be an activist, did you? But tell us how you became involved in political activism in this country. Well, on May 12, 2014, um, at about three o'clock in the morning, there my doorbell rang and it was the Mesa Police Department here to transport me, take me over to uh, the hospital where my son was. He'd been in a very serious accident on his way home from work. And, um, you know, I, I didn't learn until a few days later that he had been killed by an illegal criminal here in our country. He had committed crimes up in Colorado, had had refused to show up for court for those crimes, was back and forth over the border in Mexico, was caught coming across, taken back up to Colorado, faced his charges, and was given a slap on the wrist by the judge up there. And he eventually relocated into Mesa. Now, this man was over three times a legal limit drunk. He was high on meth. He had been fighting with his wife and and all day long and driving from his wife's house to his brother's house, drinking, beer cans were all over in the car. Nobody in the family tried to stop him from driving. And he ended up on the freeway, driving the wrong way in our HOV lane, transitioned onto three different freeways and was going over um, 100 miles an hour after traveling over 35 miles um, down the freeway the wrong way and slammed head on into my son who was on his way from work, home from work. So, um, you know, after the fog lifted and we had gone through, you know, a week long of preparation and, and a funeral that I was ill prepared for, I, mentally, emotionally, um, nothing can prepare you for something like that. But when I realized that it was somebody who was illegally present in our country, Betsy, I became enraged. And, um, you know, I reached out to the Obama administration and wrote several letters and never heard back from them. And so when President Trump was running for office in 2015, he reached out to me and I attended one of his, well, his first rally here in Phoenix. And he had me speak at that. And the outpouring of love and the support from the citizens there at the at the rally and knowing that we had a man who was running for office, who was unafraid to talk about this issue, just made my heart burst because I just, I felt like finally, somebody's gonna hear my story about my amazing son and this man actually cares about him. And every time I met with him, um, he remembered my son's name and the story as he did with many, many other angel moms and, and dads. So um, that was our, warning call to America. And, you know, unfortunately, when you're on a three minute snippet on Fox News or something, somebody goes, oh, that poor woman, she lost her son, what's for dinner? You know, it's it's that quick of an attention span people have. And our message was really falling on deaf ears as to what was to come, because we knew, we knew, we knew how many of these uh, illegal criminals come over our borders 
are deported and, are, and come back over 15, 16, 27 times and go on to murder or kill an innocent American. So, And you know, that's, that's the thing, Marianne, a lot of people, we're talking about illegal immigration now, but uh, police officers in border states like here in Arizona, they uh, they live it, right? And, and that's the thing, you saw this with Brandon. Brandon was a uh, patrol officer in Mesa, Arizona, which if people don't know, is a very large Phoenix suburb and uh and as a police officer he lived this didn't he yes and i went on many ride-alongs with him and you know this was even before i mean because come on let's just face it every two years illegal immigration comes up in in a campaign because they just keep kicking that can down the road because they like it to be a campaign issue but it never was really focused on like President Trump had done. So when I did ride-alongs with Brandon, I mean, we'd pull people over. They didn't have driver's license. He'd make them park the car, make them call for a ride home because they weren't allowed to be driving that vehicle. And he'd say to me, we'll come back by here in 20 minutes and this car will be gone. And sure enough, you know, it was a pattern. He knew what was going on. He knew the crimes these people were committing. But let me also tell people that, you know, Brandon was given an area of Mesa to clean up because the powers to be in the Mesa Police Department at the time really wanted to get rid of Brandon. Um, there was personality conflicts. And so they gave him a project that he thought he would never be able to accomplish, which he did with flying colors above expectations. But um, he those were a lot of illegal people living in those in that community where he was sent. And, you know, those are the people who've been here for decades, who are not a burden on society, who are not committing crimes. Those are the people that we need to be helping to become citizens of the United States, not Joe and Susie who walk over the border tomorrow. So, you know, these people have a proven track record. And Brandon knew that about these people. But in the same sense, after my son was killed, my eyes became wide open as to what an issue this was. And my, I mean, I started researching on the Internet. I could not believe how many innocent Americans were killed. But my first and foremost thought in, in getting involved in this was I have to protect our police officers. That's our law enforcement, because those are the people that are going to be encountering these criminals. And um, that's where my heart lies, Betsy, because I, I, I know, um, you know, and, and that could have been anybody on the freeway killed. But it was my son, who also was a police officer, which makes a statement nobody's safe well it's very true and and uh, our state police here in arizona we call them dps they they tried for uh quite some time to stop that driver and and again 100 miles an hour had been you know drinking and drugging all day and and all that and just ironically it was brandon that he hit coming home from work and uh and so you didn't want him to die in vain, did you? You have taken his his murder and you have turned it into a movement, haven't you? Well, you know, this whole hate against cops has started with the Obama administration. And, and during the time that Brandon was killed, the amazing things that people were coming up and telling me about my son after his death I didn't know that he was shopping for people, for unfortunate children in the neighborhood that he was patrolling for at Christmas time. I didn't know that he had already bought three bikes for this couple who were raising their three grandchildren because the children's parents were both incarcerated. 
I didn't know that Brandon went down to the park in the middle of this neighborhood on Saturdays on his day off and played kickball and bought pizza or Dairy Queen. I mean, I had children come up to me at the Boys and Girls Club where he worked and mentored and said, Mrs. Mendoza, who's going to buy us ice cream now? So my, and, and he had an annual Thanksgiving dinner for those people, which I carried on for many years. But um, I wanted America to know that there are a super majority of good cops in this country who have a heart like Brandon and who do things like this for their community and who care about people. And so yeah. I wanted to make sure that his story got out there. And I, and I have a Facebook page, the Sergeant Brandon Mendoza Memorial Foundation, which I, of course I put the death of any law enforcement officer um, to pray for them. But I also put feel good stories about the cops that I come across because we can't tell those stories enough. We have to humanize our police officers and we have to understand they have families. They get stressed out on a job just like anybody else does. And we cannot demonize them because they are the last line of defense against so much evil in this country. Yeah, Marianne, in fact, your Facebook page does a better job than a lot of police departments do of, of honoring our fallen and, and putting uh, information out there. And, and you know, when uh, people read about uh, Brandon Mendoza, who is a sergeant, uh, he got promoted uh, posthumously. He was like your community policing super cop. I mean, he was everything you wanted in a community policing police officer. And yet, you know, he was a he was a patrol officer and he did such an amazing job. And and just like you have described, impacted his community and he was taken from us and taken from the people of the state of Arizona um, by an, an illegal alien, someone who should not have been here. And yet we are so often told uh, in the years since Brandon's death, right up until now that, Oh, you know, we need to, these are people just looking for a better life, et cetera, et cetera. Talk about the dangers of this now mass um, migration of, you will, of illegals from over 120 different countries. They, the, the biggest thing that I want Americans to understand is these people are not vetted. We don't know where they come from, what criminal past they have, what their intent is coming to this country. I am 100% in support of legal immigration, but I am 100% against illegal immigration. I am 100% against open borders. The amount of um, people that they have arrested and caught on the terrorist watch list um, is probably a, a, an eighth of the actual people who've crossed who are on the terrorist watch list. And that's the unfortunate thing. Um, this rail car in California with the explosives that disappeared, you know, now their excuse is, oh, we think it just leaked out as a train was going something amiss is going to happen soon. And, and we've got an administration who is feeding into this, who is facilitating it. You have a department, uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, who is a liar and a treasonous um, individual who never ever should have been appointed into that position. He was Deputy Secretary um, of Department of Homeland Security under Obama. He worked at USCIS under Obama. He knew the inner workings. And so once he was put into place, he took the hotline that Trump put together for angel families and turned it into a hotline for trafficked 
um, illegals. And so, and I've gone through, I've made every single phone call. I spent two days making phone calls. I've talked to the directors of each one of these departments. What I'm telling you is the truth. Um, when these illegals call into the hotline, um, they are given a number to call over to USCIS and USCIS immediately gives them a work permit. So this whole administration, Mayorkas, the whole inner workings of everything, it's a big fat lie because these people are being brought in, they're immediately given work permits and they are here to stay folks. And um, they don't care where they've come from. They don't care about their criminal past. They don't care um, about the, the fentanyl flowing over our borders. Um, you know, and again, that in itself poses a huge threat to law enforcement because the tiniest amount that comes in contact with your skin can send an officer into an overdose situation and he can die. There's not enough Narcon. And with the things that they're putting in it now, these tranquilizer things, there's nothing. You know, what are we going to do to protect our law enforcement, number one? But what are we going to do to protect American citizens? And that is my main concern right now. Yeah, and, and you do a heck of a job uh, getting the word out. Talk about how you uh, decided to form Angel Moms and then Angel Families, because that, that's, um, that's a whole crazy story in and of itself. And, and you, you, know, you gained so much traction with that and have done so much good. Well, at the beginning, you know, shortly after Brandon was killed, I kept getting calls from um, an organization that wanted me to jump on board and and become a part of them. And I kind of ignored it all for about two or three months. I really needed in to settle into a new normal life of mine without Brandon. So um, once I called, you know, I, I started getting involved, but I started seeing the um, the grifter type movement that was happening and how they were using us um to make themselves money and using our story and and unfortunately fair the federation for american immigration reform does the same thing um you know they make about 25 million dollars more a year in donations using angel family um stories and when i confronted the director and said you know i need a twenty-five thousand dollar grant given to angel families and angel moms every year um, so that we can continue our activism. And he says, no. And uh, I said, then we're splitting ways with you. Um, I mean, there's some independent angel families that still work with them, but um, I just felt like I needed to bring an organic organization together that consisted only of families um, who have lost a loved one at the hands of an illegal criminal. Um, you can't have somebody running the show who doesn't even understand the whole experience that you've been through. And so we need to be there for each other. We need to support each other. It's not a, a, a money game. It's not a, how much can we make off of this? It is a support system. And, um, you know, if we go out and speak in public, then we do say we're an angel mom, we're part of angel families, but um, we are a support system for each other is a, it's a main goal of all of this. And nobody can really understand what you guys have been through except each other, right? Right. Exactly. You know, yeah. and our and our, our goal at one point, my goal at one point was, you know, to raise enough money to buy maybe a couple acres up in northern Arizona and, you know, build a retreat that angel families could come to because, you know, it's not, not only mothers and fathers, it's siblings and it's grandparents and it's um, a wife or a husband or, you know, the, there's 
so many aspects of this. You know, my children suffered terribly because of the loss of their brother. Um, it's like a wheel with one spoke missing. And so, you know, it never, it never rolls the right way anymore. And his nieces and nephews, they loved him so much and he spent so much time with them and, and was a crazy fun uncle. And, uh, they just, it affected them, you know, it affects everybody in a family. And then on top of that, when you're a police officer, it affects a community. So it's been terrible. And you attend the um, his police department's um, fallen officer memorial every year, don't you? I do, and it saddens me, Betsy, because the police chief, you know, when he's up there talking about it, they will never say that Brandon was killed by a drunk, wrong way driving illegal criminal in our country. They will never ever talk about the fact that he's he was an illegal criminal, and it saddens me because. Um, you know, and I don't know if people are aware of this, but a police department is really basically directed by a mayor and a city council. And so we've got an open borders uh, mayor here in Mesa, Mayor Giles. And, uh, you know, he's all about illegals coming in here. He's got several facilities here in the Mesa area, old nursing homes that they've converted into facilities that they're housing unaccompanied minors in here in Mesa, um, unbeknownst to the majority of Mesa residents. Um, he does a lot of things under the, the cloak of darkness. So um, it saddens me that his fellow officers can't even talk about the fact that that's what's happening. And on top of the fact that I'm fighting that very issue to protect them who were his brothers and sisters. Right. Absolutely. So your activism kind of led, uh, again, organically into politics, didn't it? Talk about that. It did. Um, I started seeing the things that were really happening here in Arizona, and I uh, decided I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and run for uh, House Representative, State House Representative. And, you know, elections in Maricopa County are a little fickle and a little weird, and uh, you never really know what's happening. But um, I was unsuccessful in 2022 by a very small margin. And so I am gearing up to run again in 2024. Our Democratic uh, winners, who of course are Mesa Republican mayor, um, you know, went ahead and endorsed all the Democratic uh, candidates here in our district, which speaks volumes. But anyway, so some of the Democrats, um, and one in particular, is really supporting um, illegal um, immigrants here in our in our in our in our state in our legislative district, and. Um, you know, running bills that will put $250 million in an account for dreamers to go to college for free, um, getting driver's license for all illegals, immediately registering them to vote. And if you want to, and if you want to fight the fact that you don't think they're eligible to vote, then prove it. You know, these type of things that really undermine um, the constitutional rights of, of American citizens here in Arizona and, and their proudness to be able to vote. And these people who are walking into our country illegally, number one, breaking the law. Um, I don't care what the administration is, you know, allowing, it's still breaking the law. Um, and voting these very candidates into office who are going to completely decimate um, the rule of law here in America. So um, I, I'm looking forward to this next um, campaign because, like I said, I have you know, their voting record and bills that they're supporting. 
to um, be able to go out to my constituents and talk about this is what you voted for last time and this is what they've done. So, um, you know, and that is so important to to emphasize, Marianne, because every police officer, the first thing we do when we get hired is we get sworn in, we raise our right hand and take an oath to the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of our state, just like Brandon did. And yet we see this uh, not just locally here in Arizona, but nationwide, um, basically this spit in the face of American law enforcement that, hey, these people are illegal, but you know what? We're not going to care about it. We're not going to care if they break the law. We're not going to care. And and it, I know it's incredibly frustrating for you, for you know the Angel families and and uh, and everyone affected by this. We only have about 40 seconds left. Talk about where people can find you, where can they follow you, um, and where can they help you in your efforts? Um, angelfamilies.com is our website. If they wanted to donate, it just helps us, you know, as a support system with each other. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram and I, God bless our, our blue, you know, our men and women in blue. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I love you all. And I hope God protects you every day that you walk out of your house to your shifts. Marianne, we cannot thank you enough for all the good work that you do. You're one of my heroes here in Arizona. And we so appreciate you spending time with us today. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. Last year, law enforcement officers were involved in hundreds of thousands of use of force incidents. A use of force incident is when an officer must use nonverbal tactics to gain control of a dangerous situation. Put the knife on the ground. In many cases, officers have no choice but to use force when a suspect doesn't comply with a lawful order. Use of force is always ugly. No one likes it, especially police officers. Together, we can help de-escalate these dangerous encounters. Help police officers by complying with their lawful orders. Don't attack, attempt to disarm, or flee from an officer. Use of force is an officer's last option. Most incidents can be avoided by not resisting arrest. If you feel you've been wrongfully detained by a police officer, then seek a legal solution after the encounter has been resolved. Let's keep everyone safe. Comply now and complain later.